Hello team, it's Fab here, founder and head teacher at All Marketing School and your Marketing BFF. I want to remind you that there is a special invitation for you to join us for the ALT Marketing Certification. Get certified as a positive impact strategy and make people fall in love with you and your work. Reclaim your time, understand the marketing foundations with a positive impact spin. If you are a marketing freelancer who wants to raise the quality of services and do more with less, or maybe you are an early stage marketeer ready to invest to gain real experience in building a strategy with purpose, or you're a marketing leader who wants to be recognized as a go-to expert and tackle new growth challenges. Whether you are beginners or whether you have some confidence into your strategy, we want to support you. We want to help you achieve your strategic goals, toss confettis in the air, and blast your favorite hype song as you get through eight incredible weeks with me and the rest of our faculty. Think about our certification as marketing training at university standards, not prices. So if you're ready to join us and you want to check out our incredible curriculum, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash certification. I repeat, amschool.click slash certification to find out more and learn what you are going to go through in our eight weeks. From marketing foundations all the way to leadership and storytelling skills, we're also going to cover strategic marketing blocks and advanced marketing tools. Plus, you get workshops, seats, group work, and even timely panels with incredible experts in the field. So what are you waiting for? No, I mean it. Our next cohort is starting real soon. So make sure that you head to amschool.click slash certification to come and join us and learn how to market to hearts, not to brains. Welcome to Alt Marketing School. We are currently bringing together a new wave of marketers, just like yourself. We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. Hello, squirrel friends, and welcome back to Alt Marketing School. My name is Fab, I'm the founder and teacher at Alt Marketing School. And I'm very excited today because we're talking to one of our alumni. And that always makes me happy because it's a bit like a rekindling of an old friend, even if then Jess helps us a lot these days. So I wouldn't really say it's much of a rekindling because we literally were talking about two hours ago. Both of us forgot to mention we're going to chat on the podcast today. But who's Jess? You might be asking. Let me answer the question. Jess is a sales coach and consultant who specifically focuses on making sales teams and cultures more inclusive for all, something we can definitely get behind, especially for women. She's the founder of Project Athena Consulting and the director of sales for Indie Travel. After reading countless articles and studies about the lack of women in sales leadership roles, she experienced such firsthand while supporting an organization in their sales executive recruiting process. Every single external applicant was a male, except for two. She realized that a much more proactive approach was needed and that she was the right person for the job. And also that she's awesome. Hi, Jess. How are you doing today? It's so nice to see you here. Good to see you too, Fab. Thanks for having me. 
it's my absolute pleasure and as I was saying we literally were chatting about for a couple of hours just about other things and then we both realized we're gonna have a chat today so welcome back (laughs) I'm excited to keep the conversation going then I should say (laughs) I'm so excited as well especially because when you came to us as a student before I jump into our icebreaking questions uh not that we need to break the ice in any way shape or form but when um, when Jess joined us, uh, you had a background in sales and we had a little chat to see, obviously, any questions that you might have before you joined the certification. And I just love the fact that you were really interested in marketing just to see if, like, how could you combine it or if it was a skill set that you wanted to develop for other reasons. And then you went off and you left your old job and you created a whole new consulting company and you also started working with all new sets of clients. So I'm not saying that we spurred that, but I'm really proud <laughs> of that in some ways. For sure, for sure. No, it's definitely been an interesting journey. I mean, I think, uh, you know, when I was actually a, a student at Alt Marketing, I was living in the Netherlands. So since then, I've moved back to the U.S. to be closer to family and kind of just have completely changed my path, which is really cool. And I think that, too, is also the cool part of sales is that it's a skill that really any sort of entrepreneur needs. So for me, it was kind of like, I already have this skill set that can be applicable to, you know, starting my own business or starting my own new relationships. Why don't I use that for myself as opposed to another corporation? So it's been pretty cool so far. And I would say is also one of those things that I also think there's a lot of misconceptions about sales, which actually was really interesting for me. When you joined us, probably, I'm going to put some words in your mouth, but I remember that one of your favorite sessions was actually the sales one, the intersection between sales and marketing with Chelsea, which I was not necessarily expecting as much because I knew you already had the background in it. And I love the fact that you managed to learn something from that session, despite that being maybe one of the ones that you might already have some background knowledge around. So I think it probably, from what I'm reading, especially with your bio and what you do right now, I can see how much it aligns with your new mission and what you're really trying to achieve with your work as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's two things with that session. One was simply uh, discussing sales with other people. So, you know, it's, it's one thing if you have an inkling that the external perception is one way or the other. It's another thing when you're actually talking to people who, you know, obviously we developed quite, all the students developed a great relationship across the course of the cohort, but to actually have some of those discussions, I'm like, cool, like, this isn't just me feeling this, like, it was a good test group. Um, And then the other piece, I think, my background is very much outbound sales. So a lot of cold calling, a lot of cold emailing. So it was really cool to take a back seat and be like, all right, cool, like, this is actually how sales and marketing teams can work together. It doesn't have to be this let's just have a meeting because we should once a month. It's very much, okay, cool. How can we strategically move forward together using what we have? And I will say, you know, at at Indie Travel, that's something we've really been focusing on quite a bit moving forward. It's like, all right, cool. Like we have the outbound side of things, but how can we use marketing to then um, really amplify that, especially when, you know, in in order to increase cost per acquisition and, and stuff like that. I love that. Now, before we jump more into this conversation, which is also one of the topics that, as you said, because of so many of us as entrepreneurs have to develop an understanding or some skills in sales, like I'm always fascinated by it. It's not something that I would want to, you know, do or kind of pursue when it comes to in a way, because I do it anyway, when I talk about what we do. 
but I find that it's so fascinating when you see from the back end and you taught me so much as well already by just kind of some doing some work together which is fascinating too but before that the fun questions I was trying to figure out if I would have known which one was your favorite trivia category so let me ask you this question you can create any by the way so Jess what would be a trivia category that you would be really good at and why especially if you could create your own um hmm can you give me an example sure uh we had taylor swift eastenders yes where the good combination of random things wait what sorry we had a big combination of random things. We had anything from like comic books to again Taylor Swift to Spice Girls. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Emo music. Yes. <laughs> Was that predictable? Can I tell another fun fact? Can I? First of all, you need you'll need to tell us afterwards about the neon sign. We're talking about having a neon sign, but another fun fact is that mm-hmm. we ask each um, student to share the hype song and then we have this growing which is amazing like playlist of all the hype songs and I love everybody was like you had everything you've had somebody from like uh Wind Heart and Fire you had you know Taylor Swift again funny enough Maneskin and then you had Blink 182 <laughs> I miss you which also to me doesn't hype me up but I just love it and I remember I was like who is this and then it was actually you and it made me laugh so hard so I would never forget mm-hmm. that I was like all right all right I, I can dig that so so yeah, I, I'm not surprised at all. And obviously people that don't know you maybe will be a bit more surprised. But tell us about the little chat we had about like like professing your love for Blink-182 into like a massive neon sign in a new office. I actually have the sign. It's not hanging up. I can show you it if, we want, if it's okay if I grab it. Here, one second. For the purpose of the audio podcast, you might not be able to see it, but I will take a picture and I can post it on our social. Okay, perfect, perfect. But here it is. So basically, I mean, I think that's from the song, um, oh, all the small things, of course. And I have it up there as like a um, irony because it's an office. I obviously don't think work sucks. It's just funny to think about to have that in an office. I actually love working probably to a detriment. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's funny because we had that conversation because you asked me specifically about I miss you. I remember in university or in college, I I played two sports and we would always have like our pump up songs. And my songs always historically have been just like 90s and 2000s pop punk or emo music that like makes a lot of other people slow down. Um, But I think for me, it's kind of like I like to get in the zone by like get like consolidating almost. And then it's a matter of that explosion of energy. So it started in sports. And I think that's something too, I explore a lot to go back to the sales aspect where it's like, all right, how can you like focus in, focus in, focus in, and then explode all of your energy. So obviously for sports, it's actually doing that, the, the motion for like work and sales and stuff. It's the same thing. It's like, cool. Like let's like focus, focus, focus. And then let's have this awesome conversation about whatever it may be. So for me, I miss you as one of those where it's like, I know all the words, it like slows me down, kind of like allows me to focus. And then from there, when it's time to do the thing, it's like this explosion of energy. And I think it makes all of the difference, at least for me. So 
And also I think it totally relates to what you said about sales as well, which is like a lot of it is obviously the backend work, whether it's emails or whether it's kind of collating leads or kind of mapping things. And sometimes we forget that the most important thing people will pick up on is our energy where we're trying then to pitch them and to have the confidence to say, this is what I do. And this is awesome. And something that you taught me as well was that it takes time to refine actually like the pitch that you're going to offer sometimes and how you're going to present yourself because you need to understand how can I make it as easy as possible for the person that I'm talking to, to understand in one sentence what I do. And we forget that sometimes when we lose them in that critical moment, then it's harder for them to see how they can fit into that equation as well. Exactly. And I think there are two things with that. One being that we, when you're an entrepreneur, when you're a business owner, when you're passionate about something, this is like your life. Like that's all you're thinking about. It's all you're talking about. But if you're bringing someone else into the mix to, to share that passion, this could be the first time they're hearing about it. Or it could be the 30-minute meeting of their day, and then they're going to move on with their own passion. So I think sometimes with sales, and this brings me to my second point, you really can't go off of a script because you really have to connect with the other person and uh, simplify things to a point where it applies to them. It's directly related to what their goals are. And you know, the best part about you know, growing your own business is that hopefully everyone who has their own business is passionate about what they're doing. Um, How do you bring that passion to other people? You have to connect it to their own passions. So yeah, I I definitely um, think those two things are super important. I'm going to bring us back to our icebreaker questions because we could go off a tangent for a very long time. Yes, yes, yes. So it's fine. That, that, that's how it rolls. And actually it's happening more more often than I like to admit. But when we get into a good conversation, I don't, want, I don't want to get it lost. But this is actually going back a bit to the origin. What you do, yeah. so I'm really interested to hear the answer to this question. Uh, what is the first job that you had, Jess? And what did you learn from it? The first job I had... If we're going way back, I was a barista at Barnes & Noble Cafe, and that was all through high school, so I was doing it side by side to like all of my athletics, and I actually think that's when I started picking up any concept of sales. I remember, it's a silly example, but there was a uh, certificate, I don't want to brag, there was a certificate in the back room because I was the single day record holder for most espresso shot upgrades in a day. And, you know, obviously I take a lot of pride in that, but I think like that goes into connecting with the other person when you're selling. Right. So we would always joke like, all right, like, you know, we're the, we're the people giving the coffee. So like our customers are going to be the crankiest customers out of any other, you know, service industry. Right. So then when it came to the espresso shots, it's like, all right, cool. Like, what's the benefit? You get that extra energy. You get that extra kick. You can go about your day. It's actually cheaper to get an espresso shot in your single coffee than it is to buy two coffees if you're a two coffee person. So, you know, that that was my first job. And it really, without me knowing it, propelled me, I think, into my future career. Because um, all through university, I never really thought about sales as an option. I kind of ended up stumbling upon it later down the road. But yeah, that was uh, my first job. I love it. The little upgrade pusher. I love it. (laughs) Yep. Number one. Still, I actually should put it on my LinkedIn. Please do. That would be great. If anything, it makes a good story. And that's one of the most important things that hopefully we we teach as well. 
And actually, going mm-hmm. back to what we teach, we're all about encouraging people to market to hearts, not to brains. This is exactly what we taught you in the certification, and that's what we believe in. Mm-hmm. So in a way, even if we talked about it a bit about your mission, I would love to hear from you. What does making a positive impact on your audience and let's say on your clients mean to you, Jess, and why? Absolutely. I mean, I think I could get real specific here and start talking about, you know, women in sales, but to kind of keep it a big back step for now, it's really about just enabling people to do the thing um, and giving people the confidence that, you know, you can really do anything. And I think sales is very a great example of this because a lot of times, and this is kind of the conversation we actually had during the sales session at All Marketing, people are afraid of it. They hear, hear the word sales, like, I don't want to do it. They immediately think cold calling, which is very hard, uh, cold emailing, rejection. But at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're sharing your passion with others. Now, I was very lucky that I spent, and I'm still spending uh, time working in the tour and activity industry. And what I really love about working with that specific set of clients is no one gets into tour and activities unless you're passionate about it. Like you don't just like randomly decide one day, like, oh, I think it would be really cool to start giving horseback riding lessons, right? Or uh, people just don't do that. So I think that that also taught me a lot where it's like all of the people who I work with in that industry are very passionate about what they're doing, but they would never tell you that they're doing sales. But that's really all it is. So to get back to your question, that's really what I hope to inspire is like, it doesn't have to be daunting to do sales. Really what it is, it's connecting your passion with other people's passions and making something better about it and innovating. Um, so that would be it. Actually, it reminds me of one conversation that you had that you talked about as well. And thank you so much for sharing that. That is the one that you had with one other one of our students, Kevin I think it was because you actually name checked him as well. I was like, I will get you. I will get you to change your mind about sales in a way. But it's because it's true. And I think that's what the session with Chelsea covers as well. And some of the elements that it covers, it also makes us realize that the the thinking about how we're selling ourselves or the confidence that we have in pitching ourselves and what we do says so much about the way that we perceive sales as a whole. As you say, can be in the touring industry, can be in any other industries that we experience. And it can be whether... Also, I find that sales can be part of your experience if you're a founder, but also sometimes as a marketer, you might end up having to better connect to your audience to make sure that they take the next step to become a customer. And that time is not the sales rep that does it. It might be you on a DM. It might be you in a simple kind of message or comment that you make that difference. And I think it's kind of remembering that just like marketing actually encompasses so many things and we forget that. Mm -hmm. I think sales does the same. Well, at least there's some of the things that I've seen and also that you in a way showed me too, as well as obviously Chelsea when she does her sessions. So what I wanted to ask you, why do you think there is still such an idea of what sales is? And why do you think, and I'm going to go a bit controversial, uh, why do you think so many people are constantly trying to hack sales? So instead of going from the perception of what you just said, like throughout this, this the conversation already, which is connections, understanding people, talking about the passions you read so much about how can you create the best 
the lead message? How can you create the best outreach message on LinkedIn? And I think it goes beyond that. But why do you think there's still this mentality going on? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I, I could go on this for, for quite some time. I'll start with simply like the media. So there have been books, fictional books. There have been fictional movies. There have been movies based on real life stories. Like Wolf of Wall Street is the perfect example. And I think it creates this perception of like what sales culture should be. But that's why to go back to, you know, marketing to hearts, not brains, it's it's really the same thing, right? It's like, okay, cool. Like frameworks exist because they work. But sometimes they work better than others. So I think when people hear sales and then watch The Wolf of Wall Street or there's a, a play, uh, Glenn Glary, Glenn Ross or something like that, right? So like you see this stuff and you're like, all right, this is how sales is supposed to work. But who's saying it's supposed to work? Just because you watch a two-hour movie doesn't mean that's how things have to go. Um, so I always say like if sales was easy, everyone would do it. If like there was a guaranteed framework to close a hundred leads that would generate a million dollars in revenue a year, like, yeah, of course, but then it wouldn't be hard. It wouldn't even be a job. It would just be like a bunch of people with successful businesses walking around, which like would be awesome for sure if everyone saw success, but that's just not the reality of the situation. So I think like the media plays a part in it. And if you're not actually exposed and you're not taking a best like a step back and observing what actually is going on, if your only exposure is through the media, then of course, or or for, through your own experiences, then of course, you're going to perceive this certain thing in a certain way. Another thing, um, you know, I don't know if this is a, a United States thing, but like if you enter a store, a lot of the times the salesperson will be like, hi, how are you? How can I help you? Right. And it's like sometimes and I'm pretty introverted. I know that counters my sales style, but like, I'm like, I, I don't know. I just walked in here because there's air conditioning and it's been a hundred degrees outside. Like I don't want help. Right. So if people are constantly getting sales pushed on them, then they're going to have this adverse reaction to it. And then from your own perception, it's like, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the pushy person. But if that's all what there is in terms of educating, like you have to be pushy to be a salesperson. I find the most successful salespeople, once again, depending on the product, depending on the service, are the least pushy. So those two things, I think, would sum it up. One being the media, two being per people's personal experience with sales. And that's why both of those things, it's going to be a shift in culture moving forward. And you already see it happening, um, but it's just going to continue to take more exposure, uh, more diverse people in sales generally. Um, you know, I, in my bio, it mentions like I was doing a sales recruiting process for a VP role. And we were looking through the candidates and every single person, and there were like over a hundred applicants were males, which I'm not saying that's bad, but also it's like, that's crazy. So to me, a sign of success moving forward would be if we posted that same role and there was naturally a diverse set of candidates without doing any proactive recruiting. Right now, we're going to need the proactive recruiting. But in the future, I hope that sales becomes so naturally diverse and that sales culture changes so that naturally that happens. But that's my pipe dream. And we share the dream. And that's what I And that's, again, why, why we work so well together, I guess, is because that's what we share the dream when it comes to all marketing school, making marketing accessible to different people so that it can 
show us how we can market in our own way. And I think sometimes we forget how much marketing and sales has roles, regardless of whether you do it because that's all you do or that's because that's the role that you have to take on for a certain period of time because you can do everything yourself, sadly. But it's they're so personal and so human has as roles and has ways that because people buy from people, whether we like it or not, that connection is so important. And I think, as you say, until we actually can almost welcome it as a conversation and be like, let's hear what this person has to say. Right. Instead of almost, I find that's another thing is how to connect with people or how to open up a conversation without the person going like, OMG, this, like, I had this really interesting thing on LinkedIn. I'm going to give you an example. I want to hear your take on it. Yeah. And, and that was a fail on my part. I think I phrased it wrongly, but somebody wanted to connect. I connected, they looked nice and I sent them a little message. I was trying something new just to get a conversation because otherwise you got so many connections and you never talk to them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey. I was like, how are you doing? And then I said something along the lines, uh, you know, let me know what you're up to or if there's anything that you're up to because it, there could be ways that we can partner or I can help you amplify that. Right. Very simple. And that, that's all I wanted, by the way. It wasn't even like a, a random sales pitch. And this person was like, oh, no, thank you. I already have a uh, marketing manager. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to do your marketing yeah. at all. That's not it. I'm sorry right. if that's how it came across. But it's interesting because all I wanted to do was actually start a conversation because I thought this person could be good for the podcast or could be good for an article. They actually are right. talking about very interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting how, because, for example, LinkedIn now has become a platform where everybody's like, are you going to pitch me right now? Is that the reason why you're here? And I find it's hard to actually try to just say hi to somebody just because you want to connect and explore things exactly. so have you got any yeah. tips on that because that, that was a bit of my pet peeve I'm a little like rant but have you got any tips on how to whether it's sending a cold email whether it's actually starting a conversation with somebody how can we do it in a way where we're opening up a dialogue or kind of making people feel comfortable instead of like getting that on edge already right I think what you're describing is is really exactly what I was just talking about with walking into the store where people have gotten it in their mind where it's just like, no, like I immediately know, um, not to quote a TikTok sound, but, um, we know I'm a big TikToker, but yeah. So I think what, what this is example of is just someone immediately being on guard where it's just like, cool, like I'll connect with you, but don't sell me anything. Now, what people don't realize is a lot of the time sales is a tool to make someone's life easier or to make someone's life better. And it's really this exchange of services. So to me, let's say like um, sponsorships is a perfect example where it's like, cool, like, come on, help us educate students. But at the same time, you're getting brand exposure. So I think finding the common ground is the best tip for all of that. Now, I would say, you know, I actually blocked someone on LinkedIn today because they were nonstop sending me sales messages. But the reason I blocked them was because I don't at all need the product because it's not relevant to my business or any of the businesses that I'm working on. Now, the other day, someone did the same thing and I actually saw some overlap. It wasn't exactly what they were asking, but through my own knowledge, I was like, actually, I could benefit from talking to you, but not in the same way that you presented to me. So to use those two examples, I think what I'm getting at is just like, do your research. 
If you're going to be cold emailing, if you're going to be cold calling, make sure that you're able to identify what your actual benefit is to that organization, as opposed to just um, sending a bunch of emails and keeping your fingers crossed. Like, I think if that's your approach to cold emailing, there are so many other techniques and tools that are more traditional marketing that would be more effective than a cold email. So cold email to me is, you know, a way to connect, but also a way to discover like what impact are you actually giving, you know, that individual or that company or or what have you. So what would you say is the simplest approach that we can take? Or what can we think about? Bear in mind, we're going into a conversation with somebody or we're actually, they're interested in taking the next steps or hearing out what we, what we are about. What do you think is the simplest thing that we can do to make sure that actually we tell them what they want to hear or we give them something that is interesting for them? For sure. I think the first thing to take a big step back and do some self-reflection, it's like understanding your own offering. So an example of this, a personal one, like I, as an entrepreneur, I have so many thoughts about what I want to do. I just like want to do it all. I want to change sales culture. I want to get more women in sales. I want just more diversity in sales in general. Um, I want to help with recruiting, with training, with, you know, like everything. I can't do it all. It's just me at this point. So I think one of the things, you know, when I first started uh, offering was a little bit of everything. So very quickly, I was like, all right, I'm going to take a big step back. I'm only going to support with sales operations for the time being. At some point, maybe I'll branch into hiring or recruiting slash hiring. At some point, I'll, you know, branch back into uh, enablement. But right now, this is my offering. It's nice and simple and people can connect with it. So that's the first thing. It's like making sure your offer is simple and can connect with it. And I think that's actually something you mentioned earlier or in the podcast, um, just keeping it simple. The second thing, and, and I said this before, it's, it's do, your, do your research. So make sure that you also understand the person that you're approaching and their particular needs. So, you know, whether that be if you are cold calling someone as the phone's ringing, you can pull up their website in your mind, have like three to four things that you're looking for on the website. And then you can like literally repeat that back to the person on the other end of the phone. It's like, oh yeah, like, hey, Sally, I'm on your website here. I noticed right now that you have, um, you know, a sales operations position open. Like, do you need support with that? And really that's the connection, right? It's like finding little things that it's like, all right, these are the four things I'm looking for when I'm approaching a brand. They have this position open. They recently raised a series A, they blah, 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 right? If you know those things, and if you know what your actual target market is or what your personas are, then you can connect with people a lot easier. If you're just throwing things out to the wind and you're not understanding who you're communicating to, no one's going to connect back. So to sum it up, two things. One, keep your own offering simple. Make sure that you're being clear. Two, understanding and have those green flags, I like to call them, um, that's like, all right, cool. Like this is the approach for this lead because I can tell from the outside that this is what they need. And they might still say no, but at least you're making a step forward by understanding what they want. Um, the last thing I'll say too, like the worst thing for someone in business and really like not to get deep here, but in life 
is not being understood and not being heard. Um, so an example would be if like the other day I, I have a record player, I'm trying to set it up to a speaker, the speaker's passive. So I wrote out to the support, I'm like, Hey, like what wire is compatible with this speaker? And the response I got back was, Oh, you should use a a preamp. Like that's not what I asked. So the same thing goes with sales, right? It's like, cool. Like make sure that if you're communicating with someone, you're actually reading what they want, what they're saying. And then that goes a long way because the other person, if, if someone else feels heard, you, you're already halfway there, more than halfway there. Oh my God, I love this so much. And I think that's, to be honest, we're going straight into like some customer service conversations, but I think it's so <laughs> important for anything you do. And exactly. I always say, especially as a small business, whether you are doing your own sales or you're working with somebody else and you're struggling, like I think that principle is valid for everything. Whether there's an issue with something that you do, whether our link is not working, whether, as you say, you're having a sales conversation or you're answering some questions about your products. People just want to be heard. They just want somebody mm-hmm. to tell them, okay, we'll look into it or actually we cannot help you with this, for example. This is this is not what we're here for. That's all we want to hear. And I think once you remember that, you actually put less pressure on yourself, whichever way you're showing up. So thank you for that. I'm going to ask you one more question before we quick fire, um, which is, what would you say is one simple practice, if you were to choose one practice that people can do, especially if they know that they still have to do sales when it comes to mm-hmm. their own their own work or whatever they do. And this is a bit broad because it could be an entrepreneur, it can be service-based. So goodness knows. But if there was one practice maybe can apply for a lot of people with a lot of different walks of life, what would that be for somebody who's still a bit scared about what would be my first step? So I think the first thing would be to create some sort of elevator pitch, some sort of simple offering. So if you, like, elevator pitches are a thing that they teach to literally everyone for a reason, right? It's like that actually is the easiest way to clarify what you're you're doing. Um, so whether that be really just regurgitating what the mission and vision of the company is, making sure you have those too. Like I think the more you understand why you exist, the better. And it sounds it sounds a little silly. It sounds a little straightforward. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of people in this day and age, it's just like cool. Let's just like do it. Like let's just throw it out there and see if it works. That's not understanding your offering. So I think that's like the first step is understand, okay, this is what why I'm here. This is the difference I want to make. And this is these are the people that I want to make it with, at least in the short term, or at least to start. The second thing I would say is um, not to be a Nike person, but like just do it. So when I first started as an account executive, I really, and I still to this day, do not like cold, cold calling. But part of that, I think, was my fear of failure, specifically my feel of fear of failure in public. So if you're cold calling, you're going to get hung up on. You're probably going to mess up your words at some point, but that's okay. And I think the more you can experience that in public, the better, because that's where you're going to get the feedback for it. So obviously, if you're just starting out and it's just you, find a friend practice with them, role play. It's like, cool, like, can you just pretend you're going to be like this particular person and just like role play back and forth with me? And if you mess up, who cares at the end of the day? Everyone's gotten hung up on it at some point. So cold calling to me, while it's one of the scariest, and I think from a like CAC perspective or customer acquisition cost perspective, sometimes it's 
you know, not needed depending on what your service or product is, but try cold calling because if you can cold call, everything else will come naturally to you. Um, Everything else is easier after your first few calls. So not only call, but call with a friend, get some feedback, role play, practice that. And once you can articulately do that, everything in sales, just it's just about making that connection. Thank you. I love that. I love, I love the, the double, double-edged tips. I think this is great as well. And I totally relate with <laughs> the struggles with cold calling or like even just having a call. Sometimes at first it was really hard for me. Then mm-hmm. I found that you get more confident. I got more and more confident like the, the more I did it. So I totally appreciate that. Exactly. Now, quick fire. Quick fire. So it's slightly adapted because you're an alumni. So we have some of our traditional quick fires plus a bit of a make, a bit of a difference. The first one that Ooh, I'm asking okay. you is, um, what is a great tool that you discovered while taking our certification? Is there any marketing tool or any other tools maybe that you discovered while taking the certification that you're currently using to this date? Um, I think the there's actually a lot of like the SEO, SEM type tools. Um, and I think a lot of that is important. Specifically, my uh, I have a big project right now in chores and activities. So that helps with like travel, like what are people searching when it comes to travel, especially after um, obviously the pandemic, which we got through this whole thing without mentioning it once. So I'm sorry to break that streak, but um, especially after the pandemic where travel still is very much like all over the place in terms of recovery, um, those tools have generally been really helpful because it not only helps, you know, my, my organization, but also helps the uh, you know, our own clients with, all right, like where are travelers coming from? What are they looking at? What can we offer? Should we still keep our online experiences? Should we reformat them? So some of those tools um, I use quite a bit. That's an example of something in your house. Now I'm a bit terrified about, but I think I'm, I'm actually excited too. Yes. What is the last picture that you took on your phone that you can share with us? Is that a hike? Yeah. <laughs> Inside joke. Uh... <laughs> The last picture I took was my nephew's baptism. And then there's a lot of nephew pics because I was just home for the weekend visiting him. So um, I can show one if you want, but I know. There he is. Yeah, the, the, the world cannot see it, but I definitely recommend going and find Jess and having a look because they're, they're being scattered around. So you might probably see some of their on a profile at any given time. So it's a good shout to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So a bit related to this, actually, what is your current favorite social media platform and why? You mentioned TikTok earlier, but is there a platform that you currently hang out a lot? It's funny that you asked this because I was literally like going to bed thinking about it. Like if I were to get rid of all social media, what would I keep? In terms of favorite, so I really love the idea of Be Real but I think that it's beyond, like, I think I'm just too old. And one of the observations I had the other day is like, I am, I'm 32 years old. Most of my friends are like late twenties, early thirties. And literally it's just like pictures of us sending selfies on like the obviously be real selfie, but then like pictures of our keyboards. So I want be real to be my favorite social media platform. But I think once you hit the working age, it's just kind of sad. Um, But I would say, uh, I would say TikTok at this point. Once again, maybe I'm a little bit too old for that, but I think it's just so versatile that it's like, you know, you can go from Excel talk 
to clean eating talk to fitness talk to, you know, TikTok or drama all in the matter of a minute. And I think that like that is just it, it has such a potential to make an impact. Um, I've also been thinking of a lot of different campaigns from within tours and activities that I think just have been untouched and no one's really dabbled into this side of things from the travel perspective. So I think seeing how much potential there is, is also really exciting. So both from a personal interest level and a professional level, I just think TikTok has a lot of uh, power. I agree. I agree. And actually, it's kind of funny. I agree also with the Be Real. We had a bit of a conversation when our last chats about it, like kind of the feelings about it. And by the way, you ain't old because I'm your age. So, you know. Okay, but like, like Be Real has been marketed as a Gen Z app and I can understand why. But that being said, it's like, I like there was an idea where I was like, like uh, I think yeah. Sour Patch Kids yeah, fair ran a Be Real type thing. So then I got the idea. I was like, what if we did like for tour operators, you could do a selfie of the tour operator with like their boat or something like that. Um, so I think there's just like a lot of potential there too that hasn't been tapped into. But for right now, me and my 10 friends on Be Real, it's just a lot of computer keyboards. I love it. That will be me to be honest. So that's one that kind of resonates with me as well. Um, who's the last person that you followed on TikTok then? Do you remember? There's some, oh, somebody that jumps out, somebody that you really enjoy the content of. Um, the other day, I don't, I honestly don't know the name, um, but I was like deep in Excel talk a few days ago. So that's not that exciting, but thing, like Excel, it? what? It's a thing though, isn't it? It's a thing. Is yeah. That, am I correct? Yeah. It's a thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's like all of the day, like I ended up, I, so I am a historical or historic Google Sheets user, but I ended up downloading the real Excel so I could try some of these things out the other day. So highly recommend it for any uh, working professional. <laughs> we always bring the most fun and exciting things into you, into your eardrums. You're welcome. Um, yep. Final question. <laughs> um, what would be one piece of advice you would have for anyone looking to take the old marketing school certification anybody who's thinking about it and is like hmm, is this for me mm-hmm. I would say well do you want me to, I can do my Nike commercial again like just do it but I think um the reason that that is the first thing that I thought of was probably because of my own experience where you know I I have a general knowledge in my previous role. I was a general manager. So I have like a little bit of knowledge of everything, but it was really nice to like dig deep into some of these tools, into some of these concepts to expand my network and meet a whole group of people who are also in similar boats and also had the same goals as me in terms of like learning some of these systems. Because at the end of the day, you know, so many parts of alt marketing school apply whether I'm actually in the middle of like a specific marketing campaign or not. So some of the systems, some of the tools that I learned throughout the cohort, I might apply to a sales campaign or I might apply just like generally to some other thing that I'm doing. So I think that I learned so much, obviously about marketing, but also learned so much that can be really that can really help take other things up a notch as well. Because it's not it obviously is very focused on marketing. 
but at the same time applies to really everything. And when you go back to the marketing to hearts, not brains, that's really what it is. It's like, all right, cool. Like, how can we sell the hearts, not brains? Like, how can we just make an impact and how can we connect to other people? So if you're looking to connect with other people, all marketing is the place to do it. Thank you so much. And finally, finally, aside from saying that, it's always a pleasure to have you and it's been a pleasure to have you as a student and it's a pleasure to have you continuing this journey with us, not just as an alumni, but more. If people want to get in touch with your awesomeness and they want to geek out about Blink-182 and anything emo music, where should we direct them? So... My Instagram, it's private right now. It's at Jess Pashos, but feel free to give me a follow. And then as Fab mentioned earlier, you can see my hiking and baby pics at this point. My ne- my nephew, baby nephew. Um, but then my email address is jess at projectathenaconsulting.com. Uh, URL is the same. Um, you'll notice some changes in the coming weeks, I would say, as well. So if you go on now, it might look different in the next couple of days. But um, yeah, that's probably the best for now. Thank you so much for listening. Head to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spread the love on Instagram at Old Marketing School. Until next time.